Hello and welcome to Season 5, Episode 20 of Twin, Twin Talk, Talk MN. MN. I'm Ryan. And I'm Andrew. And today, we have a great episode because the NFL is moving closer to the blocks. The NBA is completely underway. College football is winding down. We had our last week of some non-conference football. It's next week. We have some of the biggest rivalries the game has known for decades. College basketball is off. And running. We will let you know all of the important news starting right now. Andrew, let us take a look at the NFL. Andrew, the league continues to be crazy all over. As the Titans, Andrew, picked up another win against a playoff team in the Saints. As now the Titans are 8-2 with the best record in the league. And the Washington football team had a great game as they beat the Buccaneers. And the Buccaneers now, Andrew have back-to-back losses this year and are only 6-3. and three. Now, 6-3 and three is not bad, but for a team that last year won the Super Bowl and this year was pretty easily the favorite to win the Super Bowl again, that's not that good. Andrew, some horrible news for the Washington football team as their rookie of the year, defensive end Chase Young, sadly tore his ACL, definitely ending his season. Andrew, last week we saw a big AFC matchup between the surging Patriots and the falling Browns. Andrew, many people predicted this for an upset for the Patriots, but Andrew, it was more than an upset. The Patriots absolutely destroyed the Browns, winning, I believe it was 45-7. to Andrew, that game was insanity. The Patriots are doing incredibly well. Andrew, the Patriots had another test on Thursday night as they played the Falcons. And Andrew, the game was closed for a while, but the Patriots' defense really came up big. Four interceptions, a touchdown. They let the ball on their side of the field only a couple of times. And this Patriots defense is for real. They might be the best in the league. Their offense has been surging. Matt Jones looks like the rookie of the year favorite. Andrew, how far can this Patriots team go? We got Ryan, in my opinion, I feel like this Patriots team could be an incredible team this year. Now, I would say, oh, let's look at the next games. Let's see. Maybe they're going to lose to this team. Maybe they're going to beat that team. But Ryan, one thing I have to say about this Patriots team is that this has been a real second-half surge. I remember, they started out losing, I think, three of their first four games. Since then, I think they've won six of their last seven. Ryan, I don't know what to make of this team. Now, clearly, they're better than we thought. I'd say, at this point, we clearly have to say that they are a playoff team. But Ryan... Could they possibly be the best team in the AFC? Now, in my opinion, I don't think so. I think this defense is incredible. You could make an argument that it's the best in the league, but I still say some teams come very, very close. Brian, that offense. I mean, don't get me wrong, Mac Jones, he's probably looking like the best rookie this year and he's probably going to win Rookie of the Year, but he barely has anyone to throw to and they barely have any running game. Now, Ryan... Bill Belichick, he's a genius. He can basically move anywhere with nobodies. But can he really beat these Bills and Chiefs and Titans and Steelers and Bengals and Ravens week in, week out in the playoffs with who knows who is going to be on that offense every week and which running back and whether it's going to be the fourth string or the fifth string or the wide receiver that is 20, that's 35 years old or 46 years old. I don't know. 
I just like this Patriots team. I don't think they're as good as people think they are, but they're still a pretty good team, I have to say. Ryan, the Steelers last week played the Lions, and people were really excited because the Steelers, they've had not a great season, and people really want to see them get back on track, get ready, and really make a good playoff push. But Ryan, they tied the Lions. This game was just terrible. Ryan, this might be the only tie for the Lions all year, but we have to go back to more NFL games and really talk about the best teams. Ryan, after last week, we see the Browns are basically, in my opinion, officially out of the playoffs as they just got completely beaten by the Patriots. But Ryan, let's go into the NFC and let's see with our top teams now. So we have the Cowboys who sit at 7-2 in top of their division, who, in my opinion, have all but clinched that first place. Then we see the Cardinals and Rams, 8-2 and, and then 7-3 and three at the top of the NFC West. Now, in my opinion, I think that both of those teams could easily make the playoffs. But Ryan, with the Rams, 7-3, and three, they've lost, I think, two straight now. And Ryan, last week, they, it was their first game with Odell Beckham Jr. Ryan, did you wow us? Ryan, is prime OBJ back? Andrew, the answer is definitely no. OBJ played horribly. They played the 49ers on Monday Night Football and absolutely just got embarrassed. The 49ers offense, shockingly, had one of their best games of the year against the supposed Rams defense, which is supposed to be one of the best defenses in the league. And the 49ers just dominated 31-10. to I mean, that game was not close. And the Rams look all sort out of sync. And Andrew, do you think the 49ers now have a chance to be a contender in the NFC? I mean, I'd say no. I mean, they're 4 and I feel like with the 49ers right now, they are 4-5, and which does bode well in a very bad end of the NFC. But, I don't know, I just feel like even if they do make the playoffs, then you're having to go up against the Cardinals in the first round or the Packers in the first round, neither of which would really bode that well for anyone. But I think that it could be okay if all you do is make the playoffs. But let's go back to the AFC and seeing how close the race really actually is. Right, right now, the first place teams are the Bills sitting at 6-3. and three. Then we have the Chiefs at 6-4, and four, the Ravens at 6-3, and three, and then the Titans at 8-2. and two. Titans are way above the rest. But then when we look at the playoffs, or when we look at the wildcard seeds, we have the Patriots at 7-4, so they're the number one playoff seed. Then we have the Steelers, who are 5-3-1, which, besides that terrible tie against the Lions last week, are still number two wildcard team in the AFC. Then we see the Chargers still up there, still fighting at 5-4. and four. A lot of teams are 5-4 and four like them. The Raiders are also 5-4, and four, and so are the Bengals. Ryan, tell me, of some of those playoffs teams, like wildcard teams like the Chargers, Steelers, Patriots, and Bengals and Raiders, do you think any of them could maybe win their first-round playoff matchup, depending on who the opponent is? Yeah, I mean, Andrew, when you're talking about the Patriots, again, this team could be so good. I mean, we've seen this defense shut down some of the best teams in the league. I mean, Andrew, we've been saying the Patriots have been good recently, but Andrew, that's an understatement. Andrew, 
And this last game against the Falcons, they shut out the Falcons. Now, I'm not saying that's incredible because, Andrew, we're talking about the Falcons here. But still, shutting out a team is never easy. The week before, against the Browns, with Nick Chubb in a great offense. Patriots only gave up seven points. The week before, against the Panthers, who aren't that bad. They only gave up six points. Andrew, in the Patriots' last three games, they gave, they've given up a total of 13 points and scored, over, and scored a total of an incredible 94 points. Andrew, over the last three games, it's a 94 to 13 point differential. If that doesn't scream improvement, I don't know what does. Andrew, the Patriots are one of the best teams in the AFC right now. They have a good chance to win their first round playoff matchup. Andrew, as we keep on talking about, the Chargers and the Raiders are good. But as we've been saying last week, the Chiefs got a huge win as they absolutely pulverized the Raiders and with the loss of Henry Ruggs. I don't know how much the Raiders are going to really be able to improve as right now they are struggling. The AFC North does not look that good. The AFC South, I just don't really see any team coming out of that. So I think it's just the Patriots and the Chargers really have some chance to do well. But I just don't really think any of these teams are really going to be able to get ahead of the big boys like the Titans or the Bills or the Ravens or maybe even the Chiefs. Andrew, before we move on from the NFL, is there anything else you'd like to say? I mean, Ryan, just, and I know that this is a little biased, and we'll talk about this a lot later, but just the Vikings versus the Packers game this week. Now, really, not that important, because in our division, the Packers are three games up on us, and we do have another matchup this season, so the Vikings could win this one, and the next one, all we have to do is win one week that the Packers don't, but either way, I don't know, this could be important, especially... For the bigger playoff teams, like the division winners, because the Packers right now, they're the number one seed in the NFL. So we'll have to see what happens. Yeah, Andrew, kind of to that point, in the NFC right now, when we look at the playoff picture, we see the easy number one seeds. Cowboys easily clinch their division. Either the Cardinals or the Rams will get first, and the other one will be the fifth seed in the West. The Packers have basically easily got the North, and the Buccaneers probably have the South. And when we look at the playoff spots after that, let's remember there are three wildcard spots available. The Rams or Cardinals, whoever doesn't get first place, should pretty easily be able to get that wild card, that number one wild card spot. Now for that, Andrew, it's very, very close. We see the Saints at five and four, Panthers, five and five, Vikings, four and five, Eagles, four and six, 49ers, four and five, Washington football team, three and six, Falcons, four and six. Andrew, there is a lot of very close matchups that could really decide this week. But, Andrew, breaking news out of the NFL right now, Kyler Murray is not expected to play in today's game. The Cardinals play caller will sadly miss another game so that hopefully he'll be back after their bye week next week. And, Andrew, this is important because this week they don't have some easy matchup against the Jets or the Lions. Andrew, they're playing the Seattle Seahawks. Andrew, the Seahawks right now are last in their division, but they got a lot of those losses without Russell Wilson. And Andrew, Russ is back. Russ is back and cooking. But Andrew, again, bad news for the Seahawks. Running back Chris Carson, who early in the season suffered a neck injury, then was questionable for a couple weeks, got ruled out a couple weeks. Andrew, sadly, we heard the news this week. He sadly will miss the rest of the season. 
big blow to the Seahawks, who now have to really rely on Russ, who, as we have seen, may not be fully healthy. And this matchup is huge today. Cardinals, Seahawks, don't miss it. Answer again. Let's move on from the NFL to the NBA. Andrew, this week in the NBA, I wouldn't say it was a huge one, but Andrew, just continuing to see trends as Andrew in the Eastern Conference, it is all the Wizards. Andrew, the Wizards are the second seed right now, having a great season. Well, yeah, Ryan, something that I feel like we've seen more in the past week is more the better teams winning and the worse teams losing. Because before... We had the Cavaliers as the four seed, the Nets as the seven seed, the Wizards as the number one seed. What is going on? But Ryan, now in the East, we have the Nets as the one seed, where they should be, where they belong to be. Wizards still with the two seed, still very, very impressive from this Wizards team with not a lot of superstars. Then we see the Bulls, the Heat, the Knicks, expected teams with good defense that made some good offseason moves that we'll have to see how they can do. Now we see the Hornets, Celtics climbing. Celtics are now 9-8. Really watch out for them with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. That's a very, very good team. Now we see the Bucks at 8. Giannis, a couple nights ago, he put up 47 points versus the Warriors, and it still wasn't enough. I don't know. Giannis is just incredible, and it's so hard for anyone to stop him. Now we see the Cavs, normal, not an 8. Then Brian. Colin Sexton is out for the year. At first, he was just out for the first couple of weeks with a small foot injury. But Ryan, it looks like he will need surgery and will miss the rest of this season. Now, I would say that's terrible. But in this case, Ricky Rubio is lighting up the stat sheet somehow with, I believe he's leading the, or at least number two or three in the NBA behind Chris Paul in assists with, I believe, 10.5 or so. I don't know, Ricky Rubio is playing really well, so maybe this might be a blessing in disguise, but we'll have to see. Now we see the 76ers at 9-8. Ryan, to start the season, the 76ers with a number three seed. And Ryan, people are saying, do they even need Ben Simmons? Ryan, if you're the Sixers right now, you're looking and you're saying, we're the 10 seed. We're 9-8. We're not even in the playoffs when over half the teams make the playoffs. Ryan, if you're the Sixers, and let's say you're in the general, general office, what are you going to do? Andrew, I would say this would be cause for immediate concern to try to either play Ben Simmons or trade him for someone that can help this year. But Andrew, I am not worried at all about the Sixers team. And you know why? Because Joel Embiid has missed the last three weeks. Joel Embiid will be back hopefully soon. And if he's not back, then you don't really have that much hope on a team that's led by Tobias Harris and second... Maybe, I really don't know. Matisse Thibel, maybe? I don't know. But if you have Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris, and you're still doing this bad, man, maybe it's time for concern. You make some moves at the deadline. Maybe you go out and grab a guy like maybe Christian Wood or something. I don't think it's cause for concern yet. But I think, again, you've got to make sure. You've got to improve. A lot of these young guys are not performing super well. So hopefully they're able to step up right now. Andrew, when we take a look at the Western Conference, again, it is all Warriors. Andrew's team is 14-2. and two. Insanity. Andrew, at the two seed, we see the Suns, who are playing extremely well right now at 12-3. and three. Jazz at 11-5. and five. Andrew, it really looks like, in my opinion, it's between those three teams. I mean, the Warriors look like they're the best team in the league. Lastly, the Suns 
were one of the best teams in the league, and the Jazz are also one of the best teams in the league. After that, we see the Mavericks just being led by Luka Magic, having another amazing year. The Nuggets, Nikola Jokic is again on the MVP radar. The Clippers, surprisingly. Paul George, again, playing like the MVP. Number seven, we see the Trailblazers. Damian Lillard hasn't really gotten on what he's supposed to do, but he's still playing well. Andrew, at number eight, we see the Grizzlies at eight and eight, playing pretty well. But Andrew, at number nine, we see the Lakers. Andrew, the Lakers are eight and nine. Andrew, that's not very good. They're below 500. Andrew, Russ, LeBron, AD, they're below 500. Again, same question with the 76ers. Can they turn it around in this cause for concern? What does the front office do? Ryan, in my opinion, I feel like you might have to get a fourth guy. And to be honest, I hate saying that. I just hate it when the team goes out there, gets three superstars, and is still not even in the top half of the NBA. I just feel like someone in the front office in the front office should be fired because you basically just traded your fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth best players for your third best player who's playing like your ninth best player. I'm sorry, Russell Westbrook is not playing like an all-star. He's not playing like, at least he should be. Now, for the normal third-best player on the team, he would be insane. But for this third-best player on the team, he is just not playing up to standards. Now, LeBron James has been out. But Ryan, someone that, and I kind of said this with the Timberwolves last year, was playing phenomenal in LeBron's absence was Taron Horan Tucker. Now, I have to say that if he can keep putting up what he did in a smaller role, then maybe he is that fourth guy. He is that guy that you can take off the bench or that you can t- or that you can put in for LeBron James when he needs those six or seven minutes a game to sit on the bench. But I don't know. Taylor Horton Tucker could be their message in disguise. I don't know. I just feel like he could be a savior for the Lakers. We'll have to see. Ryan, after the Warriors, who are, we know, clearly the best team in the NBA, we see the Suns at 12-3. and three. Ryan, Chris Paul has been insane this year. Just phenomenal. Just, I don't know. Ryan, do you think there's any way that we could see the Suns going back to the NBA Finals this year? I mean, Andrew, I think there's definitely a chance. But, I mean, I think it's going to be really tough to get past this Warriors team. And, Andrew, I mean, so far this Warriors team, I don't even think this is the best they can get. They have a lot of young guys coming back. James Wiseman hasn't even touched the floor this year. Clay Thompson hasn't touched the floor yet this year. And they're still the best team in the league right now. It's like when you're injured and you're still the best player and you're still really good at something, imagine what you can do when you're not injured. That's how I feel about this Warriors team right now where they're super good and they can still get better. I'm not saying they're going to go undefeated once everything turns around. But Andrew, right now, this team is winning about 90% of their games. They are currently on track for a huge season right now. But, Andrew, I mean, just right now, we've got to look at the other young players in the NBA right now and what guys are doing. Andrew, let's just go by the picks. Let's look at number one pick, Cade Cunningham. Last week when we looked at him, he was struggling. Andrew, how did this last week go for our number one overall pick, Cade Cunningham? Ryan, not much better. Yeah, maybe he went from maybe he went from 1.6% or 16% from three-point range to 20% from three-point range. But Ryan, it doesn't matter because he's still on one of the worst teams in the NBA. 
Ryan, don't get me wrong, an NBA draft pick's job isn't to bring his team out of the woods immediately, especially when he's that high, the number one pick, which means he went to the worst team by the lottery, which isn't always exactly true. But Ryan, he hasn't done much. And to be honest, this Pistons team, I just feel like they just squander talent. I mean, I'm sorry, but when we also look at last year, when they had a number, I think it was seven pick, and they selected Killian Hayes, I was super excited for him. And then he barely even played. He got injured, and now he's just sitting on the bench. And then they also got Saban Lee, and they got, I know they got a power forward, but I forgot his name. But, and then they got Jeremy Grant. Vine's telling me it's Sadiq Bay, but I remember there was someone else, but I forgot his name. I don't know. But just this team, I feel like, is not very good. Ryan, let's move on to the Houston Rockets. We've talked to Jalen Green and already had Kevin Porn Jr. and Christian Wood. Ryan, I was really, really excited for this Rockets team. I said they got Christian Wood. Kevin Porn Jr. last year looked like he could be a potential all-star. Ryan, this team is on pace to be the worst team in NBA history. Ryan, if they continue what they are doing right now, Ryan, I believe they're 115, maybe 116, I don't know. 115. So that's through 16 games, and every team plays 82 games. So that's about times four. Yeah, that's four. So that'd be 64. No, maybe five. I don't know. That would put them at the worst record ever. Ryan, that would put them in the same category as the Charlotte Bobcats, now the Charlotte Hornets, all the way back in, I believe, maybe 09-10. Just, this Rockets team is so, so bad. Like, it's impressive how bad they really, really are. Brian, let's just look at some guys who are really, really doing well this season. Brian, big names again coming like Stephen Curry, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Paul George, Nikola Jokic. Kevin Durant, but Ryan, tell me some guys who really have come out of the blue to really surprise a lot of people. Yeah, Andrew. I mean, I think a lot of guys are Alex Caruso. It's been amazing this year. Anthony Edwards last year was really good, but he's improving a lot. Jonas Valanciunas has gotten a lot better. But Andrew, two guys that last year were on benches and this year are tearing up the league. Dennis Schroeder and Ricky Rubio. And Dennis Schroeder on the Celtics has basically been single-handedly taking over Jalen Brown's role as he's been injured. And Andrew, Ricky Rubio, as you said, has gotten a huge opportunity with Colin Sexton now to really get, probably he's going to average over 30 minutes per game for the rest of the season. He should be amazing for the rest of this year. And it's still pretty early in the year, but Andrew, this guy could pretty easily improve into a great player. And he is just having an amazing season so far. And I don't know if he's going to slow down. And we have to continue to watch who got, which guys are improving and who's going to take home that most improved player. But, Andrew, we got to quickly look at the MLB as the awards came out. Andrew, the AL MVP is Shohei Otani. This man had an amazing season. He really was the most valuable player and really literally as one of the best hitters and pitchers in our game that we've seen in a long time. A lot of people say the most versatile player since Babe Ruth. That's pretty good. Andrew, and not showing the MVP was Bryce Harper, which came as a surprise to some people. But, I mean, when you look at what he did for that Phillies hitting lineup and the other talent they had around him, he really was incredible this year. 
The AO Cy Young was a shocker to me as Blue Jays ace Robbie Ray ended up taking home the award. Andrew, we remember just two, three years ago, Robbie Ray was in the minors with the Diamondbacks. And it's not like he's a young guy. He's up into his older years. He was on the Diamondbacks for a couple of years. And Andrew, this is a shock to me. I mean, he had a good year, but I don't know. I just thought someone else would take home the award. Maybe someone a little bit more known, like maybe someone like Garrett Cole. But not happening. Robbie Ray takes home the award. And to the National League, Cy Young winner was Corbin Burns. No surprise there. Jacob DeGrom missed too much of the season, but Corbin Burns was great this year as he had an absolutely marvelous season for the Brewers, leading them to a great season where they just came up a little bit short in the playoffs. Andrew, for the Rookie of the Year Award in the American League, Randy Arozarena, the best player on the race, easily wins this award. Few people are surprised about this, but just nice to take home that award for him. Andrew, in the National League, our Rookie of the Year was Jonathan India of the Reds. Andrew, he had a great year for that pretty bad Reds team. He just really electrified that lineup, and I think he definitely deserved this award for this year. Andrew, the MLB Awards for Coach of the Year, I believe, is coming out sometime this week, so we will continue to watch that. Andrew, let's look at college football. Andrew, it feels like, in my opinion, the season just started, but Andrew, Saturday, the season is almost over. As next week, the following week, only a couple days from now, is our last regular season week of college football. But Andrew, that means the playoffs are getting close. Everything is changing. Let's break it down. Andrew, as we always do, let's look at upsets. And Andrew, we had a monumental upset this week. We had number three, Oregon, against number 23 overall, Utah. And Oregon needed to win out this season to make it to the college football playoffs. And Andrew, Oregon sadly messed up as they lost a not very, even very close game to number 23, Utah. Andrew, question becomes now, does Oregon have any chance to make it to the college football playoffs after this win? Or was it just a stumbling block and they can still make it? Ryan, there's no chance for this team to now make it to the college football playoffs. I'm sorry to the Ducks. I'm sorry to the team that knocked off Ohio State in week two of week three, I think, of college football. But Ryan, when you're a two-loss team and your name's not Alabama, you have no chance. Ryan, now that opens up a spot. If they're the number three team, that means that we have to look at four, five, and six. Now, Ryan, when I look at the top teams in the country, I see Georgia. Right now, number one. 10-0, I think now... Yeah, they're now 11-0. Ryan, in my opinion, this team has all but guaranteed a spot in the top in the college football playoffs. Now, they will have to play Alabama in the SEC championship game. But, Ryan, you know what? I think that even if they lose to Alabama, they are still in. I think that even if they are 12-1, they're still in after losing to a top 14. But Ryan, if they lose this week to Georgia Tech, and you lose to Alabama, then it gets money. But I'm almost positive they're going to beat Georgia Tech, which in my opinion should clinch up that at least the top four seat. Then we look at Alabama. Now, Ryan, this is a little money for Alabama, okay? We saw that loss against Texas A&M in a couple weeks ago. And Ryan, you know what people are saying? Okay, you get one stumbling block. You get one. 
But Ryan, what about that one stumbling block and then losing to Georgia in the SEC championship game? Now, in my opinion, I think that since this is a championship game, since you're playing against the number one team in the country, and since the only reason you're playing this game is because of how good you really were, I think that, now it kind of depends on the other teams, but I think that they should be able to get in, even with a loss to Georgia in the SEC championship game. If they also win next week, which I think they play Auburn maybe, I'm not sure, but I'm almost positive they're going to win that. Right? Then we have to look at Cincinnati. In my opinion, Cincinnati has guaranteed themselves the number three spot. Or number two if Alabama loses. Or actually, Cincinnati could even move up to number two, I think. Because if Alabama loses to Georgia and Cincinnati wins their next game and wins in their conference championship game, and then we see Alabama lose, that's putting Cincinnati at 13-0. And putting out and putting Alabama at eleven and two, so Cincinnati things are kind of looking up for you now. And Ryan, we see Oregon, who the or number three team, they're out. In my opinion, they have no chance of making it. Ohio State was playing Michigan State. Ryan four v six, the winner goes in. Ryan, did Michigan State pull the upset? Was it a really good game, Andrew? It was crazy, not crazy close, but a crazy blowout. Andrew, Ohio State won the game 56-7. Andrew, it was 49-0 after the first half. Ohio State killed them. Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud puts his name right there with Bryce Young in the Heisman conversation. Their running back, the Michigan State running back Kenneth Walker, is basically now out of the Heisman conversation. Andrew, Ohio State easily Looks like one of the best teams in the country. But, Andrew, I think this big 10 threesome will decide college football this year. Andrew, as you gave a lot of the facts, again, we have Georgia at number one. It seems like the only possible way they don't get number one is if they lose to Alabama in the SEC championship game in a not very close game. And in that case, maybe Georgia becomes number two and Alabama becomes number one. But, Andrew, and number two, we have Alabama. Number three, right now, we had Oregon, but as you said, I agree, unless something crazy happens, Oregon is not going to make the college football playoffs. So that opens it up to Ohio State, Andrew. They were number four. They beat number six. Not only beat, but killed, Andrew. It seems impossible that Ohio State is not number three in the country, and I think they basically clinched a college football playoff spot. But Andrew, again, every year, the reason why they do this is so that we can really get the games. But Andrew, this week is the Thanksgiving Classic, Ohio State versus Michigan. Now, most years, Ohio State's top five in the country. Michigan's having an off year, and Ohio State kills them to death. But Andrew, this year, I know it feels like we say this every year, but this year could be different. Ohio State is one of the best teams in the country, but so is Michigan. Andrew, Michigan is having a great year this year. Like, a very good year this year. I think Michigan could easily be able to play well in this game. But, Andrew, again, right now, Ohio State looks like the three seed. Cincinnati looks like the four seed. And Michigan is the five seed. So, again, that's two spots for three teams. Now, Andrew, I'm not counting, I'm not counting Michigan State out of this. I know they lost. But, Andrew, again, they didn't get killed by some no-name school. They got killed by Ohio State. 
That's a reputable game. Andrew, let's not forget, Michigan State beat Michigan. And if Michigan can make it to the college football playoff, Michigan State beat Michigan. I know that's a lot of Michigans. But since Michigan State beat Michigan, if Michigan has a good game this week, then Michigan State could gain some confidence. But Andrew, again, I think it's all going to come down to this week, Michigan plays Ohio State and Michigan State plays Penn State. If Michigan State beats Penn State and Ohio State kills Michigan, and then Michigan State will play in the college, in the Big Ten Championship game. Because if Michigan State gets a win and Michigan loses to Ohio State, which in my opinion could easily happen since that's what is projected to happen. Because right now, Michigan State is only one game behind Michigan, but Michigan State has the tiebreakers because they beat Michigan. So if Michigan State gets a win this week and Michigan loses to Ohio State, then I believe Michigan State would be playing Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game. Ryan, that would be true if they were in the same conference, but you forget that there's the East and the West. The top East plays the top West. And Ryan, a lot of people, as it seems like you're saying, have been very upset with this who are in the Big Ten especially Michigan fans and Michigan State fans, because I believe for the past maybe six or seven years, it's always Ohio State, and they always get to play against Wisconsin or Northwestern or Iowa or Minnesota, who's really not that good of a team. So, Ryan, in my opinion, Michigan State, they're out. They are out. The only way the team besides Ohio State gets into the college football playoffs that's not in the Big Ten would be if Michigan beats them this week, which would then put... Michigan as a one-loss team, and Ohio State also as a one, as a two-loss team. But since Ohio State lost out of conference, that might be interesting, but Michigan has the better win in conference. So I think then it would be Michigan playing against Wisconsin. So Ryan, Wisconsin is basically all but the winners from the other division. But Ryan, the Gophers, they could play upsetter as they get to play Wisconsin this week. And if Wisconsin wins, then Iowa is done. And But if Wisconsin loses and Iowa wins, then Iowa would play Ohio State probably in the Big Ten Championship game. But Ryan, one team not to count out is Notre Dame. Now, they're just kind of hanging around, waiting for some losses. Because to be honest, they really are not in control of their own destiny. Now, the ACC, you might say, they get Clemson? They get to play Clemson? This is amazing. Brian, this year it's Wake Forest, and Clemson actually beat Wake Forest, so maybe it will be Clemson, I don't know. But they have no ground. If you beat Clemson, you say, cool. So in my opinion with Notre Dame, they need at least Ohio State to lose this game, Michigan to lose in the Big or someone to lose to Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship game. They need Cincinnati to get another loss. So I don't know. In my opinion, I think it'll be Georgia number one, then Ohio State number two, then Cincinnati, number three, Alabama, number four. That's my prediction. Yeah, Andrew, again, so just to recap everything, Georgia's probably the number one seed. Alabama's probably the number two seed. And then for three and four, it's down to Cincinnati, Michigan, and Ohio State. Because Michigan and Ohio State play each other this week, which might be the biggest game of the entire college football season for any two teams. If you're a football fan, watch that game. Even if you don't really care who wins, watch that game. It's going to be some good football both teams are amazing this year. It should be a great game. Now, Andrew, there's so much we can talk about with college football, but let us move on to the other college sport, which is college 
basketball. Andrew, the season is just getting underway, but we have already seen some things happen. As Andrew, again, every year in college basketball, it is crazy. But Andrew, let's look at a conference. Let's look at the ACC. Andrew, this year, every year in college basketball, the ACC is amazing. Andrew, this is called Basketball Conference because they have the Duke Blue Devils, who's obviously one of the best teams in the country. Wake Forest is normally pretty good, the home of Tim Duncan. Virginia Tech's always good. Notre Dame's good. The Blue, the, we always have the Tar Heels and UNC, who are always supposed to be pretty good. We have Florida State. We have Virginia. We have Pitt. Andrew, this conference, again, projects to be closer than ever. Andrew, looking at this ACC conference, you got Duke. UNC, Virginia. Andrew, it's going to be a good conference. What do you think is going to play out in this conference of the ACC in this year's college basketball playoffs? Well, yeah, Ryan, I mean, I feel like we just have to look at Duke. Like, I mean, yes, I feel like, especially this year and a lot of last year, we saw Duke kind of falling. And we saw them lose a little bit of that dominance that I felt like we saw through the early 2010s. But, Ryan, this is still Duke. This is still Coach K, even though it may be his last season. But still, Coach Mike Krzyzewski's Duke Blue Devils. And in my opinion, they're still the best team in the nation, unless someone proves otherwise. Now, so that means that I think they're going to win the ACC. But, Ryan, what we have to look at is Gonzaga. Because we see this team last year going all the way to the national championship game and going through all of that Final Four buzz and interviews and whatnot. And to be honest, although they did lose it to Baylor... Baylor lost his three top players. But Gonzaga, they got the number one player in the nation. And they also kept the third best player on that team, who in my opinion was still a top 20 player in Drew Timmy. Now, I know that this is definitely a way too big comp- or com- com- comparing two guys. But Ryan, this is kind of like the Twin Towers when the Houston Rockets had it. All those years ago with Ralph Sampson and Hakeem Olajuwon, Ryan, Chet Holmgren, and Drew Timmy right next to each other. Power forward and center, Ryan. No one wants to play this Gonzaga team. They, in my opinion, could easily go undefeated once more this season. Don't get me wrong. Jalen Suggs and Corey Kispert are a big loss for them. But but sorry, Chet Holmgren might be better than that entire team combined. He is just so, so, so good. Yeah, Andrew, this year college basketball should be pretty crazy. Andrew, another big conference every year is the Big Ten. I mean, Andrew, again, we, every year, Iowa is good. We always see Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State. Last year, Illinois had a great year. We always see Wisconsin, Minnesota sometimes can make a run. Andrew, this conference is always going to be interesting. We don't have that much updates. I mean, there have been games, but Andrew, as we noticed from college basketball and college football, at the beginning, they're playing all of these horrible teams that aren't even from Power 5 conferences. Like, Andrew, let's just take a great team like Duke. Right now, Duke's 5-0. They're one of the best teams in the country. But, Andrew, if we're going to look at some of the games they played, I mean, if we're going to look at the games that the Duke Blue Devils have played this year, it's really not anything special. I mean, they haven't played a team like UNC. I mean, they just aren't playing the right teams right now. I mean, I just don't think Duke is really... They haven't really showed yet what they're able to do. Because, I mean, when you play some bad teams, maybe you're able to do well. But, again, you don't really get a feel for a team. You won't get a feel for a team once they play a really, really tough matchup. 
And Andrew, I mean, when you look at who Duke's played so far, I mean, in the first game of the season, they played Kentucky, where they had a great win. But Andrew, after that, they played Army. They played Campbell, Gardner-Webb, Lafayette. This time they play Citadel. Am I pronouncing that right? C-I-T-A-D-E-L, Citadel. Who knows? But Andrew, again, later we'll start to see more games. After that, Duke plays number one, Gonzaga. Number 19, Ohio State. Andrew, again, the season will continue to get more interesting, and a lot of people will start to watch it more. But right now, again, not super exciting. I mean, really, we haven't had that many interesting matchups. And when we have, again, these games are way too early to tell. I mean, last year, basically, all of the best teams, their only wins, or their only losses, were in, like, the first week to some random school because someone was injured or they didn't know what the heck they were doing. So again, as the season progresses, we'll see more of the good players and more of the good teams. But right now, I think it's just too early to tell. Andrew, let us move on to the Vikings. Andrew, last week, the Vikings had an amazing win against the Chargers. A huge, huge upset. Sanders so the Vikings, who are below 500, beat a very good Chargers team, who is definitely above 500 for the time being. Andrew... With a great win against the Chargers in that game, do you think the Vikings are a good playoff team at this moment? Ryan, I mean, I like where we're at, but I don't love where we're at. Don't get me wrong. We have not the hardest schedule coming up, but we still do have to play the Steelers and the Rams and the Packers twice. And right now, we are half a game behind the Panthers for the seventh Wild card, which in my opinion, Ryan, I don't really care if we win the Super Bowl. I mean, obviously, I want us to, or if we win all our playoff games. But if we make the playoffs, that's really all that I'm hoping for at this point. This season was a little crazy for us, and I still think that we're getting better every single year. So I'm not super worried, but really would love to make the playoffs this year. This Chargers win keeps us in the hunt. I'm not going to say it's guaranteed. I'm not going to say we're out. But I'm saying right now, when I look at people saying, Oh, here are the guaranteed playoffs. Here are the teams that are in the hunt. We're always now in the hunt category. And I'm just happy about that. Right now, I believe it consists of us, the 49ers, the Panthers are a little ahead. And then I think the Falcons might be half a game or so behind us. And then we also see, I think the Bears are around there. So this week, we play the Packers. Now, this is a huge game for us because obviously it's a rivalry. Also, for both of us, for what we're fighting for, we really need this win. And Ryan, I'm not going to jinx it, but I think the Vikings have real hope in this game. Packers are without their starting running back, Aaron Jones. They're without their top corner, Jared Alexander. And they're without their top run stopper, Zadarius Smith. Ryan, this defense has been a phenomenal for the Packers. But can they keep it up with all the injuries? Can they keep it up with A.J. Dillon? who may seem really good for fantasy, but in this case, I don't know if he's that really good in real life compared to Dalvin Cook. So this week is going to show a lot. I'm not going to say that this one's a must win because I feel like after we got last week, we can take a little bit, but still saying this one would be huge if we could pull off this upset and especially give us a little more okay losing to the Steelers, which I think is our next big 50 50 game that we play. Brian, let's move on to the Minnesota Timberwolves. 
Ryan. We were terrible. Brian, since then, I think we're 3-1. Th we had a great win against the Kings. We had a great win against the Spurs. I think we lost the game after that. Brian, last night, we had a huge win against the Grizzlies. Ryan, why is this winning streak happening? Why are we now almost at 500? Answer, I think it's because of our big three, Anthony Edwards, DeAndre, Carl Anthony Towns. As Anthony Edwards said it best in two games ago in his winning game interview after he scored 28 points, he said it best. When he's on, DeAndre Russell's on, and Carl Anthony Towns is on, they don't lose. The only problem is opposing defenses are really keying in on them, and it's really tough for all of them to have a good game. But when they do, they basically always win. But... Again, it's just really tough for these guys all to do well. We're playing a lot of good teams now. But, Andrew, right now, we're one game below 500. We almost beat the Suns, who's one of the best teams in the league. Andrew, the Timberwolves are playing very well. As you might remember, there's the play-in tournament of the 7, 8, 9, and 10 seed. Right now, we're the 10 seed. We'd be in the playoffs playing over 82 games in the season if the season ended today. And, Andrew, again, if we can stay healthy, we can make the playoffs. The Timberwolves need to continue to play well. We have a lot of momentum. We need to keep it. Our starters are playing amazing. Our bench guys are coming through, and we need them. And, Andrew, I think it's just about the defense right now. I mean, we keep on holding our opponents to under 100 points, which that is what will win games for us. Our offense is, if, we're, if they're all playing how they should be, then it's one of the best offenses in the week. The only problem is when they're taking very stupid shots, they aren't open when they're shooting, and things just are not clicking. Things aren't going to work in that case. But if people are doing what they're supposed to, to do, our offense will go. Our defense is playing great. We will win more games. And to this week, the Timberwolves have, I believe, three games, and we need more wins. Hopefully, we can get some. Next time, we play the Pelicans, so it should be a pretty easy win. Andrew, also got Gopher football. Andrew, right now, the Gophers are fourth in the Big Ten um, for in the Big Ten Conference for our half of the conference. And, Andrew, this week we have a – and yesterday we had a good win against Indiana, who sucks this year, but at least we beat them. And, Andrew, this week Minnesota has a huge rivalry matchup against Wisconsin, top 20 team in the country for the Axe. Andrew, it'd be super cool if the Gophers could get this victory because it feels like every year we either play well or we're able to pull one upset – on one of our rivalry games, so I would love it if we're able to get an upset this year because the season isn't going super well, but we will play in a bull game, so that's exciting, and hopefully if we win this game, maybe we'll even be ranked, maybe we'll get a respectable bull game, hopefully we're able to win. Andrew, go for basketball this week, has been doing well, we are 4-0 on the year this week, we have our first actual Power 5 matchup against Pitt University, hopefully we're able to win. Andrew, go for basketball. Doesn't really have that many tough matchups coming up, but again, the schedule does start to be with actual teams. Andrew, it is time for the birthday of the day. Ryan, today, the birthday of the day is Justin Tucker. Now, most of you probably know Justin Tucker as the kicker for the Ravens, who is just phenomenal. But Ryan, Justin Tucker is more than just phenomenal. In a lot of people's opinion, he is the best kicker in NFL history. Ryan, kind of a funny story is that, if some of you remember, it was back in week three when, yeah, it was week three, when the Lions were playing the Ravens, and the Lions had just scored a touchdown, and the Ravens were down by two at their own, I think it was maybe 19-yard line, and they needed a field goal, and 
they just had to get in the field goal range for Justin Tucker. And after the Lions scored, Justin Tucker went over to Lamar Jackson. And he said, just give me one pass. Just give me one pass, and I'll make it. And Lamar said, what are you talking about? If I just throw a five-yard screen pass, you think you can still make it from there? And he said, if you just complete one pass, I'm sure I can make it. I'm sure. And Lamar said, okay, I'll try to give you one pass. So Lamar lines up. He gives him a 19-yard pass. It's all right. It's all right. He has to spike the ball and get Justin Tucker on the field. Justin Tucker, it's all up to him. And you know what? He makes it. The longest field goal in NFL history. Because he said to his quarterback, you give me one completion and I'll make it. And you know what? He kept his word. Just be confident in yourself. Make sure that others put you in a good situation. Just like Lamar Jackson did with Justin Tucker. Justin Tucker, half birthday. Just, you are so good at kicking a football. It's insane. Probably played soccer at some point in your life. But just happy birthday and keep being confident. Ryan, that wraps up our podcast. But Ryan, the MLB, we saw the awards. Soon we'll see the coach of the year. I don't know, Shohei Otani, first Japanese baseball player to ever win the MLB MVP. Just so happy for him to be the first one ever. Ryan, next week, we'll have so much more NFL news. After these big games, we'll have to see who's still at the top of the league. The NBA, we'll see who's really fair. Are the Warriors, are they even good? It's 2016. I don't know. We'll discuss, Ryan, next week on Twin Talk MA.